0: Welcome back to Jack Howard Colour, the podcast. Today, I've got a really great guest. Her name is Josie Valévan. She's dialing in from Canada for me. So, Josie, first of all, thank you so much for joining us.
1: Thank you, Jack, for having me.
0: Absolute <laughs> pleasure. Josie, you have a fantastic story, and I'd love to talk about that on your, your journey here on the podcast today. First of all, you're a mom of two, um, a newborn baby. You own a salon with 13 members of the team, which that's a lot of people. Um, You're right in the middle of the calendar. You're an internet sensation. In fact, your Instagram account is absolutely enormous. You've built that from scratch, going up to 350,000 people, followers. That's fascinating, that is. You're an award-winning colorist and a business owner. And how did all that happen? How did you get there?
1: Well, I want to thank, first of all, my parents for getting a divorce and really influencing me. To get a job right away, <laughs> so that's how that uh, kind of happened. Um, it was my graduating year of high school, and they decided to divorce. I didn't want to live with any of them, so my best friend and I decided to take cosmetology school so that we could go right into the work field, and we thought make some money.
0: <laughs> so for, in Canada, right? So in the, in Canada, do you go? Do you finish school at eighteen? Yes. So yeah. you work, you go to school all the way to 18, then you go to cosmetology school, which is hairdressing school.
1: Yes, Yep. for yep. another, I think, 10 months. 10 months. 10,
0: and it's a, months? is yeah. it a similar, similar setup to the American setup? You have to do the hours.
1: Yes, yeah.
0: Right. Is it like that there? Um, so here in the UK, you can either go to college full time and get your MVQ, which is your hours, or you can do both, assist in the salon and oh. get your MVQ at day release at college. So it's a little bit of a different setup
1: okay yeah 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 we do our hours at school and then we accumulate more hours after school in the salon before we can get our like red seal
0: okay the red seal is that what it's called yes
1: yes yeah
0: very important (laughs) so you you decided that you didn't want to live with either of your parents you wanted to go out there and make some money and you thought cosmetology school was the way forward had you always had an interest in hair, or was it?
1: Oh yeah, was the spur of the moment. No, always. definitely. Yeah, my girlfriend was. She was into beauty, like makeup. I always did like all my friends in high school. Always did their hair, picked up box color at, at the drugstore, and would do it during lunch. So I knew I like had that background in me. Right. and I could do it. Yeah,
0: so brilliant. And what was it like at college for you? Was it? Did you did you enjoy it, or was it a struggle for you, or was it a blast?
1: It was a blast. I had so much fun. It's definitely being in the salon now with like the right people and the right energy kind of makes you feel that way again like you're back in school uh, it was a blast I loved it
0: brilliant and so once you once you finished college doing your, your beauty school finished beauty school what then how did how did it happen for you what did you do
1: well we went to we got a job in the mall And like, we kind of just wanted to be on the floor right away and start doing clients. Um, So we went to, we applied at the mall. I think it was called Regis at the time. And uh, it's a big,
0: that's a big company. It's a worldwide company, a big company.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, being the go-getter that I am during my interview, I decided to do a like asymmetrical bob right out of hair school totally did not do a good job but I think she just felt bad and hired me <laughs> she <laughs> so, was like the con- the confidence is there but the the a-line isn't <laughs> but <wow>. you know <laughs> she probably thought it was something you know we could work on so I'm glad she hired me
0: <laughs> and do you still know her do, is it, are you still in the uh, same city
1: yeah we're still uh well yeah we're still in the same city um And she's such a great, she was such a great boss. You know, she really taught me how to work fast and efficient and just know my numbers. Um, You know, you kind of learn different things from each mentor along the way.
0: Mm. But
1: after, I think I was there for two years, two or three years, I decided that I wanted to do more competing because I love the competing aspect. I'm, I'm a big competitor. So I love the competing aspect of hair. So I knew I had to leave and find a salon that could mentor me um, in that direction that I wanted to go.
0: It's interesting that you said that what she, your first boss taught you. So she taught you, you know, how to be on the floor, but she also taught you Finance. And that's one of the things I think a lot of hairdressers struggle with is that we're never really taught a lot about business side of it or how to properly run our columns and how to make money. But yet, you early on had someone showcase that to you.
1: Yeah. Yeah. She was all about the, well, I guess, because she had. A quota to meet herself, right? Mm. So she was always on us about making our product sales and our quota so that you know we'd get the commission that we wanted to take
0: home. I think a lot of bosses can be on people, but for someone to come out of it and say, I I understood it, and that you learned something from it, that's a great boss that shows you yeah. how, how to take it from there. So going yeah. from a you know, a huge corporation, which Regis is, of course, you went to a smaller salon that was doing more sort of events or avant-garde
1: yeah absolutely yep that's you got it Jack yep so um I went into my first competition didn't have any mentoring and then I guess a girl um at a salon who who they do like um competition hair and stuff she noticed me and she's like to her boss like hey you know we should hire this girl and then I went for my interview there um and, yeah, from there on it, you know, I entered Contessa's, which is a prestige Canadian hairstyling award here. That's massive. won my first yeah, I won my first one there, and that time, I was pregnant. So I had to decide like, okay, am I going to take a step back now and you know be a mom and focus on that? And you know, at that time my career kind of sucked. I was, you know, at a salon where I didn't have a lot of clientele. My friends, you know, were also in college, didn't want to come in and support me there because it was a high-paying salon. And so I was like, okay, maybe now's the time to take a step back in my career. And my girlfriend, this was when Instagram was just getting huge. And my girlfriend, who happened to be my client, who was my last client before I went off on maternity leave, said, hey, Josie, I think you should hop on Instagram. It's a great opportunity, a great platform to start showing your work so that you can get more clients. And I was like, oh, well, I don't know. I think I've decided I'm going to just take my year off, be a mom. But of course, you know, I like to compete. So I posted a picture of her hair and it was my first ombre I ever did. And it was like in pigtails. So (laughs) when you took the pigtails out, it was like dip dye. It was not, it was not pretty, (laughs) but the internet thought it was pretty. And um, from there on, I kind of had a bunch of girls messaging me, asking me to do their hair and I was like, okay, well, i got to take this opportunity now. So I we turned our front porch into um, a salon, like a little, you know, just a chair and a mirror. And I started building clientele there and had Rory, maybe took like six weeks off and then went back into it, started posting on Instagram again. And that's how it all started.
0: Wow. Now, so in Canada, you get a year's maternity, which is the same as the UK. And a lot of my um, uh, USA clock friends they get sort of six weeks and they go straight back to work so and very rarely do you hear people people want to enjoy their maternity time and and all that stuff but you had suddenly posted a picture on Instagram it went ballistic and there's this call of women who want you to do their hair
1: yeah
0: one post and that one post changed the direction of
1: everything your year off yeah yeah I think if I I think if I waited and jumped on after, we wouldn't, we probably wouldn't be sitting here today. You know? Really?
0: It, it, yeah. that, that was a defining moment for you.
1: I think so. Yeah. I don't charge Jackie for her hair because I feel like, you know, it was, it was her who pushed me to go on Instagram and that's how we got here. So I actually, to this day, don't charge her to do her hair.
0: Oh, we need, maybe we need to alter that now. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> don't, don't tell her I told you that. So, okay. Okay. So you build a salon at the house, while you're on maternity leave, all these mm-hmm. women are starting to come to you because of this one picture. Yeah. And <laughs> went from there.
1: I still have that picture.
0: <laughs> Do you? you yeah. uh, is it on your Instagram still?
1: Uh, probably like way down there, yeah. Way down there. <laughs>
0: we'll have to go have a look at that later. i have to scroll yeah. right to the bottom and like it.
1: <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> Did you immediately see the potential of Instagram from that moment? I mean, that's pretty like, whoa. Yeah, to
1: me. I did. And you know what, I went when I went into hair school, I really wanted to go in with the main focus of like, why can't um, course level two to five hair lift? Because as a teenager, I would go to the salons, and they could never ever get me platinum. Right. And I would always wonder why. So my my main focus going into hair school was to figure that out so that I could create um, a niche for other clientele like myself. And uh, when we got her to that I think the photo is like only a level nine, but you know, other, other girls in the city with the same type of hair saw that. And, you know, they wanted to come see me because they didn't see anything, um, any other hairdressers couldn't get them that light.
0: Yes. That's really, so you, you'd gone into, you'd really gone into it because of your frustrations with your own hair. Yes. And what you couldn't achieve yet, yeah, you could achieve it on all your friends and you were frustrated by that. And you went yes. into beauty school with a, a real clear goal. It sounds like to me.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, I really wanted to nail those color corrections.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you did a big one the other day. I was like, whoa, that's a job.
1: <laughs> oh, my <laughs> I God. That. All by.
0: Have you built your clientele on dark bases then?
1: Yes, I would say so. Yeah.
0: So you've niched it down pretty early on in your career and figured out. And that's really, again, I think that's really clever because so many people come into the industry and they're not really clear of their goal. You know, I might it might be I want to be session or I want to be I want to be really busy or I want to own my own salon. But you'd nailed down, you'd found the perfect guest for you, mm-hmm. which translated that crux in time translated so well onto Instagram as well.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then all the level, you know, seven plus, like seven, eight, nine started coming to see me. And I was like, oh, this is awesome because I don't have to break my back as much to get them platinum as my. Well, like, it's easy. It's class. easier.
0: It's easier, mm-hmm. isn't it? You know, you don't have mm-hmm. all that red pigment to deal with at all.
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: So you won a contester. You've built a salon. You've hit Internet gold with your your post, and all these women are coming to you with these dark bases that want to be blonde. Everyone likes to be blonde, of course. Um, <laughs> what happened then?
1: Well, from then I started. You know, I was like, okay, well, I really want to work for a company because right. now I have all these content online. Don't know what I'm doing with it. I didn't have a salon then. It was myself and um, a girlfriend of mine. Who who, where I met at Regis and she actually lived down the street from me from when I was um, rebuilding my clientele at home. Right. And I was like, Hey, do you want to come help me out a couple of days a week? Like it's hard for me to, you know, cater to my son and do hair cause I had a really tight schedule and she's like, yeah, sure. So her and I opened up a little, just a little three chair boutique and it was just us. And um, then I was like, okay, well, I'll have all this content online. Now I want to, you know, work for a company that, um, you know, that I enjoyed using their color. And it was, it was Schwarzkopf at the time. And uh, so, you know, I started tagging them a lot online <laughs> until, you know, you finally get noticed. When,
0: when was, when was this then? Can, can we put this in some kind of perspective? Time so, frame. Okay. Time frame. So if we're looking at Instagram, what was it? 2012, 2000.
1: Yeah. Yeah. 2013. Yeah. 2013. Yeah,
0: 13. Okay. 2013, you hit the gram. Mm -hmm. running and it allowed you to be busy while your baby was at home and you were at home Mm -hmm. you then get so busy from this one moment this very clever moment that you set up a small boutique salon with your friend Mm -hmm. and where are we now 2013 14 14? yeah
1: 2014 2014
0: not that long ago yeah. And you, you and you had the foresight to start tagging the brands Were other people do it. Had you watched other people or was this something that was just innate to you?
1: I thought it was just something I I wanted to do. You know, I wasn't yeah. really watching because at the time, I think everyone was just hopping on Instagram and discovering, you know, what worked and what didn't work. Um yeah, so it was just like almost like a trial and error kind of thing, right?
0: Well, I don't know whether that's right or not. I just I'm just <laughs> yeah. enthralled by the story. I, yeah, it's so cool that you just thought, okay, where I mean, people still don't know how to do all that yet. There you were in the early days, an early adapter, adopter, adapter. I'm not sure which it is, <laughs> but anyway, one of those, and there you start tagging away short which of course, blonde mean nine plus. I mean, hello.
1: Hello. Yeah, hello. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, um, yeah, so crazy. And then, you know, you meet other friends and other artists. And then, you know, I connected with Lynn seen. Yes. And he was like, I was like, Lynn, you know, because I noticed he was taking Schwarzkopf at the time too. And uh, Yeah, you know, you just build all these connections online. And I met a really good friend of mine. Her name is Iris Smith, and she lives in California. And she, um, you know, she kind of introduced me to the – the education side of it so she's like "Hey, Josie you know we could do classes together because there's so many people in California with you know like Hispanic Asian hair and they want to learn how to lift it and tone it out so um, Iris and I linked up and we started doing classes together and that's how the education side started and every time we would go out and you know Um, do a class I'd go into these beautiful salons and I'd love like their team atmosphere you know I love working with a team right and I thought you know I said to my fiance like you know I I think I kind of want a salon you know I love the vibe that it has and that's where we started Hairology so So this is 2000 and I want to say oh my god like 15 now
0: 2015 and where were you where were you as far as Instagram followers at that time obviously it was a different time period but what were your numbers Ooh. like by then? What you grown it to?
1: I don't know. Maybe maybe a hundred. I don't know. Maybe less than a hundred. I can't remember.
0: And did that feel like Somewhere. this sort of stupendous, like huge amount of of people that were following you at that time? Did did it feel strange?
1: Oh yeah, it was. You yeah. know, it was. It felt like a lot of people. And you know, in the beginning, you kind of want to. You're just posting so much to just post and get. You know. Um, get more followers because the algorithm was a lot different back then than it yeah. is now and uh, you know you're constantly posting making content gaining followers and then people want to know more about you so you're you know you're sharing your life and my my in, my input on it's a little bit different now
0: but um, so for, but for you you'd done what I think a lot of people w- want to do from Instagram you'd wanted to build clients with it you wanted to clear on base first of all wasn't it that's what you wanted from it And you did that really successfully.
1: Exactly, yeah.
0: And then suddenly the pivot by Schwarzkopf saying, oh my God, we need you in California. I mean, if you think about it, the bases in North America of what, a level five and below? That's the average is a five, I think. It's in in England, it's a six. Um, But so there's a lot of dark hair out there and people want to be blonde. And suddenly there's this young woman who's producing all these results and they're like, right, come on out. Let's, let's do some classes. How was it for you to pivot from working behind a chair very successfully to going into a classroom? Cause it's different, isn't it?
1: Oh, it's so different. Yes. Yeah. And like, I never like, I'm like an introvert extrovert where like I still have trouble with stage presence because I have trouble speaking to a big group of people and especially English isn't my first language. So when I say things or when I speak, I stumble on my words or I'm trying to find the word right words to say. So I feel a little, you know, I feel a little insecure there. So I think that's where my stage fright comes in. But then that's where I started talking in my videos. My hair videos was because I wanted to start practicing the language and, you know, making sure I'm educating properly and, so that's how the uh, voiceover started with my videos. But it was, you know, it's scary. You have all these eyes. You know how it is in a room with hairdressers. They're just staring at you like, what can you teach me that I already don't know? You know, yeah. you know? that's what it feels like. But it's not. It's, no,
0: it's, it's not like that. I think that's our no. insecurities going are going. But <laughs> yeah, I, think, yeah. I think what's really interesting about people like you who are trailblazers on Instagram is that you brought the commerciality back to the hairdresser. And all of us were... Work, that work behind a chair would we're, we're looking at some of the session stuff and, and saying you know that's just not what mrs smith wants or miss smith or whatever her name is she doesn't want that she wants to look yeah. like fish look like a zara girl or she wants to look like a pop yes. star but she doesn't want to look you know with the asymmetric bob that you did at the first at your on your first test piece your know, clients don't really want that do they and suddenly the instagram hairdresser who gets sort of who who was poo-pooed i think a lot by the sort of the uh, the artists in the industry suddenly everybody wanted to know what the secret of their success was because everyone wanted to be busy behind the chair.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the thing. Yeah, it was hard to be busy behind the chair back then because all you really had was word of mouth. yes So it was a lot harder, right? But now there's there's so many different um, tunnels that you can take.
0: Yeah, and so now, so you you're with Scholzkov and you're doing in-person seminars. And they' they're going, what was your they're going really well, but what was your learning curve on that? what did you what did you find the most difficult besides the stage fright and the sort of you know, maybe I don't see a language barrier, but you you say that you you struggle sometimes, but i you seem so confident to me <laughs> um, and so eloquent as well what was what do you think your your learning curve was as far as doing what you do behind the chair? And taking it into a classroom and showing hairdressers is what you do behind the chair.
1: Oh, I think the hardest part, especially because of my niche and what I was specializing in, it wasn't like something where the audience could see the result in three hours. Right. So for me, I was struggling with, okay, so now I have to fly in a day or two early, find the right model, prep half of her head you know because when we, we want to do the toning part live but we want to do the correcting part live as well but we don't have six to nine hours no. so uh, it was it was hard on the body you know because you're you're just constantly well you know how it is you're constantly working
0: yeah so well I'm not at the moment. I haven't started. worked in ages but <laughs> with, with COVID but yeah yeah when you do work you know how hard it is absolutely
1: yeah yeah so um yeah the struggle was you know trying to figure out how to show the end result in one day.
0: How did you get around that? Because I know that if I, with, with short scope, if I'm doing a, a dark blonde transformation with nine plus, it's going to be back to back foils. There's going to be a lot of them in there for me, like a lot, mm-hmm. because as soon as you take a fixed section, that's the section that doesn't lift. <laughs> so it takes hours to get them in and as you get the front in you've got to stop taking the back out Then you've got to go in at the roots I mean it's a big job and you know there are two things in it one how do you kind of get around that on stage or how did you get around it and of course then how do you also get around the piece where the hair just as expect to do it in a 45 minute appointment because it's not it's a full day's job
1: yeah you kind of have to train your clients you know And, and then I started using my platform to train the clients um so I would make videos like hey you know if you want this type of hair it's not going to be a 45 minute slot it could be like a six hour slot so then clients started understanding okay well I better book my whole day off work if I want to go blonde right
0: yeah because because the touch-up won't be so difficult but the first time it's going to take a long time to do it beautifully
1: yes yeah I agree
0: How did you, how did you have that conversation with hairdressers? Because the hairdressers like, no, but my client doesn't want, doesn't want to spend six hours, but your client wants to be blonde. Yeah. But she doesn't want to spend six hours and and she doesn't want to spend all this money. And it's like, well, then what are you going to do? How do you, how do you communicate that with the, with the industry?
1: Um, Well, I always say you have to be very honest with your clients and if this is the type of Um, clientele you want or the niche that you want to do. You need to be very transparent with your clients and start educating them right from the consultation. You know, and sometimes, like, uh, we in our salon, we have a, a stylist, and she just... She doesn't do as long as appointments as some of us because she's she's new, so she's coming in for you know, she still does her root touch-ups in between her haircuts and between, you know, so you know how yeah. it goes like that. But she's like, wow, you guys actually you guys do it so different because we can't really book a client in no. between that transformation because you always have to constantly be watching it. So that's where pricing is very important because you want to make sure you're pricing for your time if you're just with that one client all day long rather than doing five clients, you know. In a so I,
0: I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree with mm-hmm. you more. But I think the messaging when you go, when, you, when you're when you on the road, or even if you're online, it's like, how do you have that conversation? I mean, I I always say, it's going to be in a consult. You you know, you've got to charge your worth. You could you go through three tubs of Blondie 9+. Plus. Do you know what I mean? You could go through all that product.
1: Oh, easily. yeah, XXL.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Of course, the Americans have got the big tubs, haven't they? Yeah, North America's got the big tubs. I've just got a little one. Um, but yeah, you can go through so much product. And the hairdressers don't always understand that they've got to charge for all of that.
1: Yeah. And I always say, you know, it's like going to get your car serviced. Say you got a, a broken tire or you need a new engine. Well, the mechanic is going to charge you for your time and the pro- you know, and the products. They're not going to throw in a free tire. So why are you going to throw in a free tub of blonde meat? That That right. costs money. Right? It costs money, so yeah. Like, I try to explain it like that. Like, you know, it's time, parts and labor.
0: And I think more and more hairdressers are getting that mm-hmm. now. And there, yeah. there are more of us actually saying that if you're going to do this kind of work, you need, you can't book somebody in between it. You just literally can't. I mean, when we're on a shoot and the blonde, the, just the new blonde me, to the world campaign. I mean, you know, there's some of those women you couldn't leave. or There were six of you working on it all because it was just such big jobs.
1: Yes. brilliant
0: yeah. story on that and so Schwarzkopf then got you to be on um, go from uh, an educator to part of their North American artistic team
1: yes yeah so the the educating part when I was educating I wasn't really with Schwarzkopf yet right so I was just kind of independently doing my own thing
0: just using their I, products and love their yeah. products yeah
1: so I think about 2000 uh, 18, 17 18 or 17 I think then I got asked to be a part of the North American artistic team which was really cool you know.
0: (laughs) Yeah really cool. So you're doing all of that which is pretty amazing anyway really and yet you decided that you also wanted to open a salon.
1: Yeah yeah I did. I wanted to be around a team and I wanted to help others grow you know in their career and so we decided to open up a salon and then um, we found a bigger location. So now we have the two salons, but I shut one down and I just kind of use that as my like training facility office where I do my Zoom videos, et cetera now.
0: So we oh, just okay.
1: compressed into one, yeah.
0: And it's one, it sort of, it's beautiful though. Some of the stuff that you Thank post you. on it, it's really lovely. And are you, you, so you're known in, you're not just known in your area, you're just known, people do people fly in for you.
1: Some people do, they do try to fly in. I mean, now with restrictions and COVID, it makes it hard. Um, yes. But they do attend to try to fly in to come see me.
0: That's amazing, isn't it? Hey, from yeah. one picture, something grows.
1: I know, right? One yeah. picture.
0: How is it being a mom? So, I mean, you know, I struggle, to, I struggle to, I've told you this before when we've chatted on Instagram. I struggle to look after the cat, you know, and the dog. Yet, yeah, you've got a cat, but you, you found your cat. You've got a cat, a husband, two kids, and a really successful business, plus a very successful Instagram account, because they're both businesses, I believe. And also you've added online education. I think not a lot of us have gone online anyway, because it's, it's so difficult with travel restrictions. How do you manage that?
1: Um all of that. Good time management. (laughs) I don't know. Like um, like my fiance does a great job with our our kids if I need to like jet off somewhere or take the time to do something. But I'm now I'm starting to delegate roles. Um I just hired like a like a social media management team just to do the back end of things because it was getting too much for me to do. Um and then now I think I've decided, you know, I want to take my full year off for maternity so I can focus more on the business so it's just really you know time management and where I want to put the time in yeah so I don't think I want to do as much work behind the chair moving forward I'm slowly transitioning slowly telling my clients you know so that they don't go crazy and uh, eventually I just want to manage and teach
0: right so you've still got these goals 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 you're goal driven (laughs) you are very driven from our conversation it sounds like (laughs) to me So you're going to make that transition into sort of pulling out of the business a little bit, but still being in there. And But you've got these other massive facets of the business anyway. I mean, Instagram and, you know, webinars can consume your day, as we we know. And you've got somebody helping you on the back end of the stuff. So, you know, I've got somebody helping me do that now because it's just there's so much to do. Oh, yes. Um, It's more... I try and answer all my messages. I try and I try and respond to as many comments as I can. But you, yours must be double the workload because you, you've got way more followers than me. I mean, do you do you try to answer everyone or as many as you can? Do you do you set a time for it or do you just sort of go as it is? I mean, you've got a baby in one hand, a little one running around.
1: <laughs> yeah, I do. I so I try to make my posts either in the morning or in the evening because that's when people are on their phones the most. And then I'll spend, I'll spend only like maybe five minutes after posts responding to comments and then, you know, just take a little mental breather and then go back to it when I do have time. So I try not to make it like a chore or something that I have to do, but more as, you know, Oh, I have a little downtime right now. It's, and you know, I want to make it more enjoyable because it can be draining sometimes, right? Yes. Yeah. And I don't, I don't want to hate it, so I just do it. You know, when I when I do have the time, and I don't put too much pressure into it.
0: Yeah, I mean, the thing about it is, it, it's a great. It's, Instagram is a great business tool um, in many ways because it can lead to all sorts of different opportunities. But you don't want it to be a chore because I don't want going into the salon to be a chore either. I want exactly. to go into the salon and enjoy it because for that person that drains you. I don't really want to do them again. You know, I don't want <laughs> to work with an energy vampire. I want someone that's happy in their life that wants pretty hair. Exactly.
1: Yeah. Know? Yeah. I and couldn't a, agree more.
0: Yeah. It's the same with the gram. You know, you, you put something up and, you know, I mean, I want to respond to people and thank them and, and all of that. And I, but I want to use mine as an education tool. I want to talk about the thing that I love and I've sort of niched down, I've got my little niche going. You've got your niche yeah. going. Um, but then you've got 13 staff yes 13 more people to look after 13 more families to be responsible for besides your own
1: yeah I'm very thankful for my team they're so understanding and um they're just they just know when I'm busy and to kind of leave me alone or you know um yeah but I've got a great team and right from the beginning like when I do my hiring I like to ask like you know what you know, we all, you're so, you're in the beginning of your career and you should try everything. You should dip into everything, but like what ultimately makes you happy? Like, what do you want to do? And then I try to come up with a plan with them to kind of build a niche so that, you know, let's say Alex, she enjoys cutting textured hair. She doesn't really care about color corrections, you know, or, um, big jobs like that. She enjoys cutting. So, you know, we decided to kind of build her, uh, Cutting niche and she can be the cutter in the salon I hate cutting so um oh, me
0: too me too I hate oh, I it I hate it.
1: Yeah. yeah and styling because you know we spend so much time coloring that after we're kind of just like you know
0: just make it pretty for me that's what I would yeah. say and then I was like oh god what does he want yeah.
1: <laughs> and then we still come in after
0: <laughs> right? well I come in and like that bit there yeah yeah so you've so you you've taken your team members and you've also encouraged team members to niche i mean this is Mm -hmm. this is a big piece of your conversation isn't it really you found yours you went in with an idea into the business and you found it as you were going along with your first on your first maternity leave but now you're encouraging your team members to take that on as well
1: mm-hmm. yeah and so far they've been they've been enjoying it so and it's worked out for for some um, there's Abby Brooke she's grown a lot on Instagram she does extensions in her salon and color and she's just blown up and she's amazing um, and then you know and and I always say like social, social media isn't always the way if you're kind of more reserved and shy like you don't have to be a big superstar on social media as the main thing is that you're getting clients into your chair you know yes. so you know even if you're you know um you you're a cutter but you don't want a big following but yeah you still need a you still need a paycheck at the end of the day if you want to continue to do what you love.
0: I agree with you I think I think people would say look at you and be like okay look at Josie she's got you know all these followers I uh, I'm never gonna get that there's no point doing it but you started off with one picture mm-hmm. We, uh-huh. but the thing is we all start off with one picture uh-huh. and we all have pictures that bomb and we all do things where it's maybe not right doesn't work but it's the same as when you do your first haircut it's not the greatest haircut but it's your first and uh-huh. you celebrate that and then as you work through you discover more and more about it and so I always said don't worry about the numbers oh, what you want from it is you want to speak to clients because that's what you want. To to do you want to keep your business going
1: Mm -hmm. yeah and i say you know it's more like a it's more like your portfolio and your storefront right yeah you you want to use it for reference so that your clients have because all the clients now and the clients now are going on instagram and if and i've you know it's kind of it's kind of sad but if they go on our instagram and they go to a stylist in the salon and you know they look at their pictures and they're like oh i don't really like it or they don't think they're a great stylist because the number of following they have is small. You know, I, I want to start educating clients on that too because I don't think that's fair. Just because a stylist has a small following doesn't mean that they're not a great stylist. You know, they just haven't. They can't maybe like um, what's that word I'm looking for? Um, oh, what's that word I'm looking for, Jack?
0: <laughs> okay, um, so they can't. So the, they haven't been able to transition onto Instagram or they haven't yeah. been able to uh, get the right shots and put their work exactly. up there. They haven't invested yeah. in it. But yeah. from the way in which you think, and I think the way I think too, that hairdressers should be invested in the gram because that's the way that you sell yourself these days. Mm-hmm. You, what people see before they come in the salon. Yeah,
1: yeah. It's it's their online portfolio. It's their online dating portfolio.
0: <laughs> yeah, Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, you know, it's amazing that people say, oh, would you do my hair? And it, you get all these messages through from there. I mean, it's like, it's a, why not? It's free.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's a great tool to use, I think.
0: Yeah. So you've after your 13 staff, you've, you've, you're encouraging them to niche. And <laughs> do, you, do you look for that quality in them when they come to interview with you? Are you looking for people that want to specialize or are you happy with the right person who does anything or have you gone into the you know
1: it's more yeah when during an interview i'm looking for you know are they a team player yeah do they have the right energy because sometimes you know they can come in sluggish so you want you know you you're looking for that certain energy for your salon and then um you know are they willing to learn and grow and then right. from, from there, then, you know, I, you know, do you have something particular that you do like? And, and, you know, that's when you see their face light up and they get excited talking about, you know, I, I love doing blowouts, you know, or, you know, whatever. And then you're like, okay, cool. Well, you know, you're not going to make a ton of money just doing blowouts. But if you can do, you know, a color and some blowout, you know, then you kind of work from there. But, yeah.
0: I love that because it's so true. You're not going to make a lot of money doing a blowout, are you? Really? <laughs>
1: yeah. You're going to work a lot, that's a lot of shoulder work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A lot of
0: shoulder work. Exactly. And Unless
1: also- you're amazing, you know, blowout specialist. Cause there are some out there that probably do charge a lot. Right. Right.
0: But, but it, it, again, really, I think it's a North American thing, Canadian USA in the sense that there's this real honesty about talking about money and there's not a, a shame in it. Um Whereas, Sometimes in the UK people are frightened to charge, don't want to talk about pricing. And I'm kind of like this huge advocate of like, you know, don't get a discount on your mortgage, don't get a discount at the Safeway or the Sainsbury's, or you know, don't get a discount at the drugstore unless you've got a points card. Um, it's like know your worth, charge it, you know, don't be unreasonable in it. But if you can command those prices, then command them. But it's it seems very hard for a lot of people to actually to say, this is how much I'm worth.
1: Mm -hmm. I think it's the confidence level too, right? Like, um, Like when you have a team with you who is like, no, you're so worth it. You can charge that, you know, having people to back you up and make you feel great about it. Then you know when you do that great color, you you feel great when you charge it. And you know, COVID has been such like a good example of. I'm like, okay, so you're discounting your friends, you're discounting your family, you're discounting your neighbor, you're discounting everybody. But what happens when, example, COVID happens and there's a pandemic and we shut down? Now are those people going to give you that money that you discounted them? You know, like now that you need that money, you kind of see, okay, maybe I shouldn't have discounted all those people. You know, because that's my time and worth.
0: Yeah, I I. I hadn't heard of a discount, really, until I came back to England, where it seemed that in London, everybody had some kind of deal going. And I'm like, but why? 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 Because the the salon I worked at in the States, there were no discounts. You know, the price was what you were told kind of thing. And COVID has in some ways done that, because what I realized was I was doing... Uh, the models and stuff that I was doing, I was able to take them to the studio and do them in the studio, which meant that I got content uninterrupted by trying to run after Mrs. Jones, who decided to go to the bathroom, you know, with a pre-lightener on. And I'm like, thinking it's going to break off. And so I was able to focus on the clients in the salon, full price. And then in the studio, I was able to do my models for my content days and they, they both have value but they're different values. And I can earn max money in the salon, no discounts, fully booked. And then in the studio, I can do you know one or two a day and film them from start to finish, including the finished look. And it's sort of, it's made life much, much easier for me. But at the same time, if I'd been doing, if I allowed all those models to come in as we open up, then I would close myself off to the full paying clients. Mm -hmm. and that's just that's there's no win in that is there Mm -hmm. so I think discounts are a terrible thing Mm -hmm.
1: and like I think that's a way to like keeping our our industry professional again is you know stop cutting all the discounts because I think that our clients you know well Sue got a discount from her client over there so I don't know why in our industry there's this double standard where our clients think that they can get a refund or they can get discounts or they can bully us. Mm. I don't, you know, and I just want to gain that professionalism back. Like, you know, this is hair is an art. It's just not some fun thing that you see on Instagram. It's like a professional job, you know? It's a science. Yeah. Especially
0: some of the stuff that you do. I mean, that's really technical.
1: Oh yeah. Like the other day I'm like, you know, you, you our guest has this, our model had this band but then her, her top was, her uh, zone one was so platinum and then her ends are like so porous. You know, you got to formulate like three different formulas mm. or, you know, like I try to just, think easy and formulate one formula all in one, but you know, you have to add your gold back. You have to add some blue to neutralize that orange, but then you gotta throw in, you know, it is like a it's, it's science.
0: Yeah. And all the, the ones that want to be platinum, but they want to be shiny platinum, you know, or they want oh, to be shiny gray. You've got to have a bit of gold underneath that. You've got to dual tone it. It's product, 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 <laughs> product, product, product coming out of yeah. the fancy. How do you, um Jesse, how do you break down your price? How do you work your pricing out?
1: So in the salon so, we do charge for our product we use um this app called salon scale and it you put it in a bowl the scale bluetooths to your phone and the gram goes into a dollar or a cent or a dollar amount so, so which are
0: separate so, hold on a minute i've never heard of such a thing
1: yeah yeah so uh there's um uh, a lady in, i think i forgot where she's from i think calgary or regina i forgot where she's from but she invented this thing called salon scale so it's a bowl it there's a scale, you put the bowl on the scale and it has all the color lines already on it for you. That you, so you, don't you have carry to,
0: or that yeah, it's already yeah. on, you, you put those on or it's already there? No, oh,
1: it's already there. Wow. It's amazing. Yeah. Um. So then let's say I'm using a Agora Vibrance 8-11, put it into the bowl for 10 grams is $1.81. So I kind of already know this off the top of my head. Right. <laughs> so then, you know, then you can decide if you want to you know, charge your client double that because you right. know maybe the extra dollar and eighty one will cover some foils or whatever. So in our salon, we do product and then we do labor. So for me, let's say I'm doing a color correction. I have a base fee of how much time I know I'm going to take on it. Which let's say I know I'm going to take four hours on it. My base fee will be four hundred, and then anything after that is a hundred dollars and after. So technically, I'm charging $100 an hour. It's just nicer than me saying uh, it's $100 an hour service. And then plus the product and, of course, taxes.
0: So clever. Who thought there was an app on a scale? I have just, I am fascinated by that. That's (laughs) brilliant.
1: And, you know, at first it was really hard. Some of the team, team, uh, some of the stylists weren't team players and they didn't want to do it because they thought that, by using salon scale, the, the, you know, obviously the cost ends up being a lot more for the clients. So they thought, you know, they were going to lose clients because, you know, now you're going from a th- only a $350 service to now charging an extra 70 for product. So they thought, you know, the clients wouldn't like that. A lot of them weren't on board. So we had to do a lot of like, yeah, we, you know, we had to get rid of some people who didn't want to do that but essentially it was the best for the salon because we're a color salon and we're going through so much product
0: and Mm. to
1: not charge for it it's just ridiculous
0: (laughs) it is ridiculous but you you know those those stylists that are worried about the client's money the client isn't worried about your money so it's like why are you worried about theirs if they can't afford to pay it they won't pay it they'll say Mm -hmm. no you know Mm -hmm. but it's like Mm -hmm. that's the thing that holds hairdressers back isn't it
1: it's, and it's so funny because not a single client said anything about the price increase. It was more the stylist, you know, yeah. and you're so right. Like, why are you, they're not worried about you. Why are you worried about their money? <laughs> right. Yeah. And I it's, think that's I one think... of the, one of the things you learn in hair school is like, you don't judge people. You don't judge them by how much money you think they will or will not spend no. because you don't know how much.
0: Right? And that's why the consultation is important. Right. Because for me, yes. when somebody, a new client comes in, So, you know, you've got to do, you've got to, you've got to have a look at the hair. You've got to decide what you're going to do. I break everything down. I talk to them about the hopes and dreams, all of that. And that (laughs) is where I tell them the price. And then it's like, oh, it's yes or no. And it's, you know, it's like, this is what I believe you need. And then if they, if they are price sensitive to my prices, I'm quite happy to refer them to somebody else in the salon and say, this, this person's at a different level. They still get a really lovely job. It won't be me, but you know, we've done this consult. I'll talk to them for you, introduce you, but I'm not going to do it at that other person's price level. I'm going to yeah. fill that space with somebody who wants to pay my price level.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah,
0: yeah. takes some takes a little bit of confidence, and a, a, yes, a, you know, as we might say here, you've got to have some balls to to stand up for yourself and do that. But once you've done it, it's easy.
1: Oh, it feels great. You're like, yes, yeah, I can get used to this.
0: <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> Brilliant. I mean, I, you know, if I can come away from a podcast with like inspired, I'm sorry, that scale thing has just inspired me. I just think that's fantastic. <laughs> yes. I'm going to text me I'll that later. You. I
1: yeah, will. So, yes. Send me a link.
0: Um, so Josie, obviously COVID's impacted all of us. I mean, you know, you and I've chatted in between you looking after the baby and I might be in bed and you just got up and because of our time <laughs> difference, not, and not in the same house, separate houses, guys. But... Um, <laughs> COVID's impact has and changed and you both of us have pivoted to going online, online education. Um, I I don't know about you, but so doing an Instagram live, I've done so many now. I know the angle, the lighting. I still do my prep, obviously, beforehand, but I know how to face that phone in portrait mode. And then suddenly I was thrown into landscape and I'm like, oh, my God. <sighs> how do oh. I do this? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, what's going on here? How did yeah. you pivot? Did you find it easy? It took me a few, quite a few rehearsals and I've done two webinars now and I'm really happy with how they look, but it was like, there was a lot of no's going on in my head. Yeah, What, what was it like for you?
1: Oh yeah. It's still trying to like figure, for me, it's more that I was trying to figure out like the whole mic thing. Yes, because I it, it's that's that's so hard, right? Because you're like, oh, it's 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 lagging, it's uh, echoing. You're like, how do I make it stop? So for me, I'm still trying to figure that out. I did my first Zoom live. Um, usually, I have someone recording for me, but I was like, oh, you know what? I think I can. I got this. I'm gonna do it. I figure it out. But yeah. yeah, I think it's it's the mic. I think that I have to figure out. You know, there's always an obstacle.
0: So my AirPods have been great. And okay. I've got a, a 4K camera for my that plugs into my laptop, which has got good sound in it too. So that's that helped because I was worried about that. Okay. The thing that bothers me. That I'm I'm still trying to work out is how do you answer questions? Oh, okay. If you if if you can't hear if you've got 80 people in a room, I can't have 80 people talking in in a webinar. Yeah. So it's yeah. like I've got somebody helping me sort of in another yes. house doing that. What are you doing for that?
1: Yes, yeah, exactly. I've got uh my my stylist Tanya, who's been with me since day one. So she's on answering questions because she knows how my brain works. And yeah, um, you know, if she doesn't, then she'll she'll ask, but yeah, it's amazing. It's you know at first you're trying to figure everything out. You're trying to be a one man show with like a, eight octopus hands doing everything. But yeah, later on you find out like no, nope, you need a you need help. <laughs>
0: I, I think in, initially when you start these things, like you started out with Instagram, I started You all start out. We all start out on our own, just doing it, figuring it out. But as it grows and it becomes a business within a business, then mm-hmm. absolutely you need to reach out and ask for help because there's no way you can do it all on your own.
1: No, you need to focus what. You know you're great at, right, Jack? And yeah. The other people can do the other things.
0: Exactly, like Thomas records and edits and all of this. Thomas is <laughs> the fabulous man that produces these podcasts. I couldn't do any of that, so Thomas no. does. I know. I know what my limitations are.
1: Exactly. Yes. Yeah. So now you can just focus on being the great Jack Howard that you are, and oh God. Thomas can focus on being being the great Thomas. Know. Yes, that he is. So,
0: <laughs> Josie, it's been just brilliant chatting with you this afternoon. Thank you so yeah. much. What are your, what's your goal for the next year or so? If you can tell me, can you share it?
1: Okay. So my next goal for the year is to do more online education. The first time I had a baby, you know, I missed a lot of milestones with Rory, you know, being gone, traveling, building my business and, and uh, Ruby, you know, and COVID has made me realize I need to just kind of slow down a bit. The traveling can wait. You know, I'm going to transition into online webinars and just, you know, really enjoy this time that I have because, you know, she's not going to be little forever. No. And that's just my goal this year is to just not put so much pressure on myself and enjoy all the little moments, all the little opportunities that are given to you and just really soak them in and enjoy them and not try to always reach for the next thing.
0: That's a great, Cause that's a great goal. It will come. It will come. And I think yeah. COVID has taught us all to try and slow down a little bit and appreciate the things in life. But who would have thought you and I would have learned how to light a room, work a camera <laughs> on our own, nobody helping us, you know? Look have at thought, us. Look at us. I, mean, I, I
1: think we look great doing it.
0: <laughs> but I you know, the the lesson for this really, I mean, the is that for me is one that you are driven, your goal and competitive. Um but that you always seem to have a mini plan in there even when you started out going to hairdressing school because you wanted to earn your own money but then also going in there and figuring out why your hair couldn't you can get the results on your hair and that turning that into a business that's an amazing niche it's fantastic congratulations
1: thank you jack you know whenever like you don't see it in that way because you're busy being part of the journey so when you get to reflect back and hear someone else say it you're like yeah I always really, do yeah. have a little mini.
0: <laughs> Talk about insightful, about your in about your own hair and your own life. I mean, just fantastic. Thank you really? so much for joining us today, taking the time out. And the baby hasn't woken up, which is amazing.
1: You know what? I'm pretty sure that is like her and not the cat, but <laughs> she's not crying. So she's good.
0: <laughs> you go look after the baby. And i just like to thank you so much for bringing a great podcast on. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you so much, Jack and Thomas. <laughs> Take, <laughs> Take care. Day. Bye. Bye-bye.
0: So, I hope you enjoyed this podcast as much as I did making it for you. Don't forget to subscribe on your channel that you download your podcasts from. iTunes is my favourite, but I know there are others out there. And also, if you want to follow me on stories on Instagram, it's Jack Howard Colour, C O L O R, the American way, not the English way. And on Facebook, it's Jack Howard Colour, C O L O R and my website is www.jackhowardcolor.com